perfect? Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries' Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Thanks, Adam, and welcome to the program, everybody. I am Bill Snyder, and it is a pleasure to have you joining us. No matter where you're listening from, uh, that listening audience is growing. If you are listening from a place that is new outside of Huntley, outside of West Virginia, we would love to hear from you. On today's program, I am blessed to be joined by Don Eden Goldstein, who is uh, whose previous books include The Thrill of the Chase and My Peace I Give to You. Uh, she began her writing career as a rock and roll historian using the pen name Dawn Eden. In the 1990s, she contributed to Billboard, The Village Voice, Mojo, Salon, and co-wrote the Encyclopedia of Singles. She went on to work in editorial positions at the New York Post and the Daily News. And at the age of 31, Goldstein, who was raised Jewish, experienced an encounter with the divine, which began a personal transformation that would eventually lead her to enter the Catholic Church. In 2016, she became the first woman to earn a doctorate in sacred theology from the University of St. Mary of, of the Lake. She is an assistant professor of dogmatic theology in the online division of Holy Apostles College and Seminary and lives in Washington, D.C. and has just authored a brand new book called Sunday Will Never Be the Same. Dawn, welcome to Young Catholics Respond, and thank you so very much for uh, being with me here to discuss the new book and your journey. Oh, it's my pleasure, Bill, and thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So, Dawn, you know, in reading your bio, you are the first person I have ever interviewed that is a rock and roll historian, and I have to ask you how you got into that. How did you uh, get into becoming a rock and roll historian? Well, I certainly loved the oldies. I just, uh, as a teenager, loved music from just before I was I was born, and uh, I had older friends, um, not that much older. I mean, really, just like five five to ten years older, who were discovering the music of that era, which which was when they themselves were very were very small. And so they would make cassettes for me back in the age of cassettes. And then when I was a teenager in and I was studying in New York University's music business and technology program, I was able to intern for an oldies disc jockey named Bob Shannon, uh, who was then writing a book called Behind the Hits on the stories behind pop songs of the 50s and 60s. And that was where I got my first experience researching music of that era. And uh, through that, I, uh, I I made a connection with the editor of a magazine called Goldmine, which still exists. It's a magazine for record collectors. And through, uh, and through him, I, I started to do research of of my of my own, doing writing magazine articles on oldies artists and doing interviews. And uh, eventually, I began during the CD era to uh, gain assignments writing the booklets for CDs. Wow! Wow! Very very cool. Um, that's that you know that's an amazing um, you know thing to just 
kind of pop into it and then and then so so you were writing the cd covers for 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 rock and roll artists is that is that actually what you were doing the booklets where they would have the information on the stories behind the songs in a particular uh, cd i was one of the people who was hired to uh, write those booklets and i've done them for more than 80 cds now of uh, artists ranging uh, from the monkeys the association to harry nilsson uh, the Kinks, um, Leslie Gore. Normally, it involves interviewing the original artist or people who worked with that artist. Wow, that's really neat. And so, uh, when you flip open that 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 CD cover, that's kind of what uh, you you know you're you're capturing their story to talk and fill out uh, some more about the album that the 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 listener is going to hear. Then that's, that's right. That's really cool. Uh, so, so, so tell me who, uh, who some of your favorite musicians are. Uh, I'm, I, I'm sure you've got an opportunity to interview and talk with so many different people. Uh, who, who were some of your, uh, favorite, uh, musicians over, over your career, interviewing them, talking to them and what made them such an inspiration to you? Well, certainly I was very thankful to be the last person to interview Harry Nilsson. I talk about that, uh, briefly in my new book, Sunday Will Never Be the Same, uh, my memoir. Um, Harry Nilsson uh, was uh, a great songwriter as well as a great uh, singer, and he was admired by the Beatles, who really uh, made him a household name because they were asked who their favorite singer was, and they said Nilsson, and then they were asked who was their favorite group, and they said Nilsson, because Nilsson himself uh, recorded vocals so that he, in such a way that he sounded like his own rock band. Uh, I also uh, really uh, enjoyed um, writing about the zombies. I didn't actually um, interview them, but I got to know them uh, through writing about them, um, reviewing their concerts and, and so on. And the zombies are also one of the best bands from that era. Then there's an obscure person I write about in my memoir named Kurt Betcher. He died before I could meet him, but I ended up spending many years researching his work. And he's now a cult figure to the extent that there's actually a, a Kurt Betcher fan group on Facebook with more than 500 members from around the world, Japan, Netherlands, UK, uh, United States. His last name is spelled B-O-E-T-T-C-H-E-R. Fantastic, um, and and so as you uh, continued, excuse me, to, as you continued to, uh, you know, move move into this this career, uh, it, it sounds like you had a um, profound moment just re- from your bio, a profound moment in your life that that sparked a uh, conversion experience for you. Um, you know, the the rock and roll uh, isn't often. De- described as something that that has a whole lot of uh, holy rollers in it, if if I, <laughs> if I can use that term. Um, but but what was it that began to shift for you in your in your journey? Well, this is really the story that I wanted to tell in my in my new memoir. Sunday will never be the same because uh, for some years I've been known in the Catholic world as a writer on chastity with my book, The Thrill of the Chaste. Uh, then I became known also for writing about healing from trauma with my books, My Peace I Give You, and also uh, Remembering God's Mercy. And uh, so 
uh, all along, people had been asking me for years to talk about my conversion because I grew up Jewish and and was an agnostic for many years during the time that I became known as a rock journalist. Uh, then I became uh, evangelical for five years before finally entering the Catholic Church in 2006. And so with people asking me my story, I, I wanted to write about my conversion in a way that would have respect for my past as a rock journalist, because I think all too often Christians get, you know, and you, you sort of, you know, hint at this, you know, Christians get, you know, kind of pigeonholed as being anti-rock and roll. And it is true that rock and roll is commonly called, or it used to be commonly called the devil's music. And, and there certainly is a lot about the ideology associated with it, you know, sex and drugs that, that you know is not um, Christian in 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 in, in that uh, in that sense, but at the same time, you know, I think that for those of us who grew up listening to rock and roll, normally at some point, unless we were just listening to you know death metal all the time, normally at some point we heard some song that really touched us in our heart and made us want something higher and made us want to reach out to some kind of beauty or unity with our fellow human beings. Um, and that's, you know, the feeling that I got listening to great rock and roll. And so, you know, for me, my past as a rock journalist isn't something where I can just draw a bright line and say, well, I was a sinner when I was, you know, listening to this sinful music, but now I'm I'm Catholic, and so I'm completely out of that that world, you know. Because uh, even even though I was in that world of music before I was Catholic, it wasn't all sinful. There was some of it that God really used to draw me closer to Him, and that's what I try to describe in my new memoir. Sunday will never be the same. Awesome. Uh, just for our listeners, uh, you're listening to the Voice of Dawn Eden Goldstein, uh, who is a rock journalist. Uh, she's just talking about uh, her career as a, as a rock journalist and uh, about her experience of moving into the, uh, into the church that's detailed in her uh, book, Sunday Will Never Be the Same. Uh, it's a brand new book that's out from Catholic Answers Press. Uh, Dawn, we have to take that short break right now to, uh, you know, as you well know, do the commercial pitch thing. And then when we come back, uh, we will uh, continue our conversation with you and talk with you more about uh, the layout of this incredible book because it's so innovative, it's so neat uh, how you have written this um, in, 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 in like a little uh, memoir fashion. Uh, it's, it, it's so very cool how you, how you have done this and made it palatable for all ages. So I can't wait to uh, talk to you about that on the other side of this break. Uh, right back after these messages here on Young Catholics Respond, I'm Bill Snyder. Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. 
Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147, or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. Judy Hare was a bankrupt, homeless, drug-addicted college dropout on the brink of divorce, but is now a seminary graduate and devoted wife and mother of four children. What happened? Find out in her autobiography, Shattered, How God Restored My Heart and Life. Her journey of faith has been called brutally honest, truly inspiring, profound, heartbreaking, and life-changing. Shattered is available now for only $15 on her website, judyhair.com, on amazon.com, or at your local Catholic bookstore. As Judy says, it is never too late to become the person you deserve and desire to be. So stop wishing for change and start doing something about it by reserving your copy of Shattered today. Faith comes from what is heard and what is heard comes by the preaching of Christ. But, I ask, have they not heard? Do you seek to make Scripture a greater part of your daily faith journey? Would you like it readily available on your smartphone or tablet? The Truth and Life Bible app delivers to your mobile device the complete Catholic edition of the Revised Standard Version of the Bible with a concordance entirely free. You will also enjoy free content from Father Robert Barron's Word on Fire, Father Jim McElhone's Word Made Clear, Jeff Caven's The Great Bible Adventure, and the Catholic News Agency. In addition, you can hear the Gospel of Mark dramatically proclaimed by world-renowned actors and actresses like Blair Underwood, Neil McDonough, Kristen Bell, and many more. The full audio dramatization of the New Testament, along with the Ignatius Study Bible, can be purchased within the app. It is available on the App Store, Google Play, Amazon Kindle, and at DownloadJesus.com. Hi everybody, Bill Snyder here. Just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. And as a founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, we have so much more going on than just our podcasts. Check it out at PatchworkHeart.org. Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Welcome back to this episode of Young Catholics Respond, everybody. I am Bill Snyder, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you joining us. Uh, I want to just mention to you real quick that uh, you can be our patron on Patreon. That is uh, patreon.com slash patchworkheart.com. Ministry. If you go to Patchwork Heart Ministry, you'll find us on Patreon. Support our ministry. Uh, we've got a growing ministry that is truly uh, trying to sow hope into broken hearts and reach as many souls as we possibly can, and we only can do that with our listener support. So please help us any way you can. Uh, $1 to $500, it doesn't matter how much uh, you donate to us. Every little bit helps. So thank you so much. Uh, on today's program, I'm talking with Dawn Eden-Goldstein. Um and she is just uh, 
doing it a you know, an awesome job talking about her rock and roll uh, historian career uh, and her move into the church. Uh, of course, we want you to read the book Sunday Will Never Be the Same. Uh, it's put out by Catholic Answers Press, so you know that you can go to catholic.com uh, and get it. But uh, And, of course, check out your local Catholic bookstores as well. But, um, Dawn, I want to talk to you a little about this book because it's so well laid out. Uh, it's, oh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, it's it's very interesting. How, how you did this. First of all, uh, your love of music comes through in every chapter with a title <laughs> of, <laughs> of, of each and every uh, song from, you know, Spirit in the Sky to A Little Bit of Soul. Uh, you have some great, uh, you know, I'm a believer. <laughs> You've got so many different uh, great little things. But talk to us a little bit about um, your inspiration for the layout of the book and, and how you went out about, you know, taking each and every one and even doing it as almost a diary. Well, you know, for, for me, so much of my life, I can just, you know, kind of divide up into what was I listening to at that time. And just as the day goes, as, as I go through the day, so many songs pop into my head. So I thought that giving the chapters song titles for, for, their, for their title would help to put across the fact that even if I'm not talking about music all the time in this memoir music pop music especially of the era just before i was born um the 1960s mid 60s that that pop music has really been the soundtrack of my life and it's nice to be able to pay tribute to it in this way very cool very cool and and where's the idea of the diary that came out of it you know the, the, the like i mean you you kind of date things, you know, like Saturday, May eighth, nineteen ninety nine, uh, four ten p.m. So where did that where did that inspiration come from to to make it almost like a diary? Thank you. Well, I, I certainly wanted the reader to feel that he or she was inside my head. Back when I was a child, I used to read a lot about dream interpretation, and one of the things that I read was that if you wake up from a dream and you want to remember it then write it down in the present tense. And that stuck with me. So writing a memoir, I thought that the way that I could remember things best was if I wrote things in the present tense. And then I looked at just how I wrote in the present tense versus how I wrote in other books where I was describing, you know, some, you know, similar events. Um, I would say, you know, the overwhelming majority, I mean, we're talking like, 95% of the book I've never written about anywhere. Um, but well, with that 5% where I've written about it elsewhere, I added these layers of theological interpretation, like I was writing, you know, and I was at this concert when I was in my 20s, and it was like what Augustine describes when he says blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, why don't I just try writing about that concert as it felt at the time before I even knew who Augustine was beyond just being the name of a city in Florida. So, <laughs> so I, I did that, and I thought that it had a lot more immediacy, and it lets the reader fill in his or her own, with his or her own imagination and his or her own experience. I think the reader can relate to it a lot better than with me adding levels of after-the-fact interpretation. Yeah, no, that's that you know that, that's very cool. Um, you know, I, I want to ask you: Are there any moments in the 
memoir that that are particularly close to you, like that are particularly like you know this this really uh, I want to speak to the to 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 the li- to the reader about this. Is there any is there any uh, moment in that you know uh, thing, or you want them just to kind of see see it, read it like you know washing over them like a wave, and just see where the Holy Spirit hits them, or are there moments that that are that are of profound impact for you? Well, I think the reader needs to really just get inside the memoir and roll with it. Certainly, some parts of it are more, you know, are are more intended to affect people spiritually than others. You know, when I write about myself as a uh, an eighteen year old college student, and I'm writing about how many different lipsticks are in my purse and what their colors are, you know, that's an atmospheric detail that's meant to say something about my character and my interests at that time, but it's not, you know, affecting spiritually. But I, I do feel that the overall impact of, of the book, just taken as a whole, is something where it's hard to pick out particular things that are deep because the whole book seeks to just trace the impact of grace on my soul. And one point that I try very hard to make is that grace didn't simply enter my life when I encountered Jesus consciously. Grace was trying to break in. God was trying to get in when I was much younger. And he did get in when I was a child, very briefly in this incident that I describe at the very beginning of the book. But the problem is that... um, that during those early experiences, and I imagine there are other readers who feel this way too, they can see that God was there when they look back, but at the time they crowded him out. So I'm trying to help the reader relate to me on that level where the reader will, I hope, through reading my memoir, reflect upon how God was working in his or her life and, and he didn't know it. Yeah, you know that's that's beautiful because I think it's one of those things where, you know, we, we, when you mention that, I think there's so many things we go through life and we don't really realize God is acting on yes. on, on us and in us, and un, until we take a step back and we go, oh wow, wait a minute, I now see God in that situation and I see God all over my whole life when we when we step back, but in the present in that moment, sometimes it's hard to see how God is acting until we take that step back. And so it's interesting that you, um, you know, point that out because I think when we read it in somebody else's story, then we're like, Oh, wait a minute, this actually happened in my life too. You can kind of have that, you know, relationship (laughs) with the reader, uh, that, you know, that personal relationship with the reader. Um, and I, and I think for young Catholics, uh, there are so many different challenges and issues out there facing, you know, facing them today, that, that, that when you're looking at how, how to relate to them through personal witness is like the number one, you know? Uh, yes, yes, ex- exactly. And, you know, relate, relating to what we were just discussing about remembrance, there's a sermon by Cardinal Newman, who's about to be canonized uh, a saint. And it, Cardinal Newman talks about the Emmaus story uh, in, in Luke, um, where Jesus meets these disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they don't recognize him at first. And then they finally recognize him just when he's disappearing from their view, when he's breaking bread for them. And then they talk about with each other about how their hearts were 
burning when he was walking with them, but they didn't realize at that moment it was him. Cardinal Newman says that that's really the model for how God appears in our lives, that the, the, the rule rather than the exception is that we tend to know Christ through remembering and realizing that he was there all along. Yeah, it's that is so true. That's and that's so cool. Uh, Dawn, I want to make sure I give you an opportunity to just kind of plug the book a little bit as we're running out of time. I mean, these interviews go so fast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I want to uh, just make sure I give you some time to promote the book and uh, and tell people, you know, where to get it, how to get it and, and how even to get in touch with you and, and what you're doing. Uh, these days, I know that uh, you're a professor at uh, the online Holy Apostles College that's as well. So right. um, that's that that's super cool. So just go ahead and give us a plug uh, for for you know the book and all the stuff you're doing. Thank you so much. Well, the book's full title is Sunday Will Never Be the Same. A rock and roll journalist opens her ears to God. It's available from Catholic Answers. You can get it anywhere books are sold, and uh, you can get it through my website, dawneden.blogspot.com. That's D-A-W-N-E-D-E-N.blogspot.com. I also am on Twitter, at Dawn of Mercy. Oh, very cool. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, Dawn, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for uh, all the time you spent with me today uh, talking about the book and uh, talking about your life, it's uh, very fascinating uh, to get a chance to talk with you and and, you. and share it with all our listeners. Thanks, so, thanks so so much, Bill. It's great to be on, and thank you for your ministry. Awesome. Well, Dawn, uh, thank you again, and this has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry. St. Therese of Lisieux's Little Way of the Cross, written by Victoria Clarizo and designed by Just Love Prince, is a beautiful prayer booklet that helps you pray the Stations of the Cross. Use these reflections to meditate on the great love and mercy that Jesus had for us as he journeyed to Calvary. The Little Way of the Cross includes gems from Scripture, the writings of St. Therese, and the words of Jesus from the imagination and prayer of the author. Go to JustLovePrince.com to get your copy today. This is Martha Fernandez Sardina with your Love Minute, brought to you by RememberYouAreLoved.com. Do you know how precious and priceless you are in God's eyes? Let me tell you, you were worth redeeming. God the Father sent his only begotten son to take your place so that he might die your death so that you might live his life. That's how much God loves you. Christ paid the ultimate price for your salvation so that you might enjoy eternity with God, so that God might make you again into his image and likeness. If you ever doubt how much you're worth, if you ever wonder how precious you are, think of the cross, think of the love, think of what God was willing to do for you and for me for the sake of our salvation and sanctification to love us day in and day out and for all eternity. For more on love, find us at facebook.com slash remember you are loved and remember you are loved. The words spoken by Our Lady of Guadalupe to Juan Diego nearly 500 years ago are almost too good to be true. Asking that a temple be built at the site of her apparition, she promised 
that here I will give all my love, my compassion, my help, and my protection to all those who love me, cry to me, seek me, and who have confidence in me. Here I will listen to their weepings and alleviate all their sufferings, necessities, and misfortunes. My name is Alan Napleton and I live in Dallas, Texas. I have visited her shrine in Mexico City dozens of times, bringing my own petitions and have found Our Lady to be true to her word. Over the years, I have brought hundreds of pilgrims to this holy place without incidents and have now founded Viva Guadalupe, a nonprofit that provides safe and inexpensive pilgrimages to Our Lady's shrine. If you would like to take Our Blessed Mother up on her promise and learn more about how you can visit this special place of grace, please visit vivaguadalupe.org for more information. Do you want to keep your finger on the pulse of Patchwork Heart Ministry? Follow our monthly blog, Written on Our Hearts. Simply go to patchworkheartministry.blogspot.com and click subscribe and follow the on-screen instructions. That's patchworkheartministry.blogspot.com, then click subscribe. The Contemplative Stations of the Cross audio devotional is now available from Patchwork Heart Ministry. This devotional features an introduction and overview of the theology, history, and spirituality of the Stations of the Cross by Father Bill Zimmer, a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, along with an audio version of the Contemplative Stations of the Cross led by author Bill Snyder and the Stabat Mater, chanted in Latin by Marissa Ellison. CDs are $7.99 and digital downloads are only $3.99. Copies may be purchased by visiting patchworkheart.org or calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278.